So I'm excited today to talk to you about wisdom, wisdom from God. How many of you need a little bit of wisdom? Amen? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Look around your life and see, am I operating in wisdom or not? Or there's a lot of things I could have done, didn't do, should have, have it, would have, but it didn't happen. Sometimes we just have to hear from God to get the wisdom that comes from Him. Amen? So let's pray because I got a good message here that the Lord gave me. Pray for me that I will be able to deliver it, and I pray for you that you'll be able to receive it. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so it's a two-way street. Amen? So, Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We ask you just to open up our hearts to receive what you have for us. Let me speak it and let your people hear it. We give you the praise and glory and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, you know, there's two types of wisdom. There's earthly wisdom, and then there's godly wisdom. Earthly wisdom is earthly, sensual, devilish. And you know how it is. It's like dog-eat-dog world. You've seen it in corporations where people kind of nudge people out and, you know, withhold. You ever been there where they withhold your work and make you look bad so that they can look good? Yeah. Amen. Yes. And uh, so that's, that's earthly wisdom. But the wisdom from above is first pure, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of uh, good fruits and righteousness. So we're going to talk about that. Now, godly wisdom, the psychiatrists de define it like this. And you might get confused just listening to it. But it says, it's a set of disposition and skills to help us deliberate about what matters in life and translate that into choices and actions for our good. Duh. <laughs> what? <laughs> but now godly wisdom, I like that. It's hearing from God about how to handle every situation that we're facing. That makes more sense. It's not our brain, but it's his, his heart and his wisdom that tells us. Because he can see the future. He knows what's going to happen before it happens. So, of course, ask him, which way do we go, right? And then when, he, when you do that, he will guide you in your marriage, in your job, what house to buy, whatever you're going to do. He knows ahead what you need. And so I tell uh, married couples or people that are about to be married, ask God if this is the one that you're supposed to marry. That seems pretty simple, doesn't it? When you get to the marriage ceremony and the, and the minister says, do you take this woman or no? Does anyone object to this wedding? If you, if you do, speak now or forever hold your peace. Now, you should ask God that before you even get to the altar, shouldn't you? God, is this the right one for me? Speak now or forever hold your peace. So we, can, we know that. Now, not only can he uh, tell you what the future is, he can make the future turn around for your good. Oh, that's really nice. Amen? Then he, jo they said of Joseph, whatever he put his hand to prospered. It didn't matter what he did. It just seemed like everything seemed to work out. And the Pharaoh saw that. Oh, I see that you, whatever you put your hands to, prospers. And so he can look into the future. Even with uh, uh, Jacob, Laban tried to change his wages ten times, the contract. And whenever he changed it, God turned all the sheep in, Laban's, uh, in Jacob's favor. And so he can change and make things happen because what you belong to him and you ask him for your wisdom. Praise the Lord. And he can also... See, into, uh, into the future, like he did with uh, Josiah. He, told, he wrote down that Jehi Josiah was going to be king 300 years before he was born. Come on, talk to me. That's, that's really projecting, isn't it? Don't you think he can project into your life what you're supposed to be doing? Can I get an amen? All right. You with me? So we want to talk about wisdom, I think, in a different perspective than you've seen before. So let me ask you a question, audience, class. Did, <laughs> did Solomon ask for wisdom from God? Yes. 
course, Cecilia's here. <laughs> She's going to give us a different answer. That everyone said yes, right? And Cecilia said no. Okay, let's look at it. First Kings 3 and 1. And Solomon loved God, loved the Lord. Do you know that in all the Bible that David was the first person to say that he loved God? That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Abraham didn't say it. Moses didn't say it. But David said, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. And then Solomon learned that from David, and the Bible says he loved the Lord, walking in all the statues of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. That sometimes was used for idols, and so he kind of swayed a little bit and went up there. But now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place that God had ordained. And Solomon offered how much? A thousand burnt offerings on that altar. Come on, that's a lot of smoke, isn't it? <laughs> they said it'd take about seven or eight days to offer a thousand burnt offerings. I'd get tired, wouldn't you? A thousand, a thousand of anything is a lot. And a thousand burnt, that's how much he loved God and he wanted to show by a sacrifice. So then at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And so Solomon says, I mean, God said to Solomon, since you love me and gave a thousand burnt offerings and showing me your love, what can I give you? Ah, that's so cool, huh? Wouldn't you like the Lord to say that to you? Actually, he has. In John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it will be given to you by my Father in heaven. Right? Abide in his word. Love him, and he'll give you that. In 1 John 5, 14, it says, This is the confidence that we have in him if we ask anything according to his will. He hears us, and we know if he hears us, he gives the petitions that we desired of him. Same thing. But we just have to get in the spirit. We have to love him and serve him and get in, his, get, uh, in the spirit. Amen? Amen. So uh, Solomon, as we see here, uh, what should I give thee? And I'm going to read this. Because Solomon has a little, a big dissertation here. I wonder if you ever pray like this. He goes like this. And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on the throne, as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my instead of my father David, but I am but a little child. He meant, you know, I'm just young, young at heart. I do not know how to go out to come in and to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, here's his request. Give to your servant an understanding heart. What does that mean, understanding heart? It means hearing heart. He wants to hear from God everything that he needs to know. He didn't say, I'm going to give you wisdom in mathematics, physics, and nature, and everything that you need to know. You just cram it into your brain so you have knowledge. No. Go to the source of wisdom. Jesus Christ is wisdom, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom comes from the Lord. So he says, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, 
that I may discern between good and evil for you, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? See, Solomon had a little bit of a problem because his dad, David, was a warrior. He was bad. I mean, I mean he went, went to take over a nation. He clobbered them. He killed them. He took them out. He was in eight or nine major battles, and he did not lose a one. That's a pretty good record, isn't it? But what did he always do? He inquired of the Lord, what do I do in this situation? Do I go front? Do I go around? What do I do? Do I attack now? Do I wait? He, and and they, they, they studied David's military genius in the academy and just said, look at how he did this. But what it, it wasn't really him. It was God speaking to him, the wisdom of God. So don't think that you got wisdom. Amen. You might have a little bit of wisdom, but how about the wisdom that comes from above? Praise the Lord. So the speech, I'm going to read this a little bit more. Please the Lord. Let me tell you what the definition of wisdom is. We, we have that slide, um, Anthony, the, if I do. Yeah. Definition of understanding is to hear, have power to hear. You have to incline yourself to want to hear from God. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. To hear with attention or interest. Pay attention. What are you doing? You're walking around. You're not paying attention. <laughs> I heard this one minister say, you know, uh, his friend got a franchise, and he made a lot of money, and so he asked, the, he asked the Lord, Lord, why didn't you tell me about that? He said, I've been trying to tell you, but you weren't listening. Oh, okay. So to hear of judicial cases. And guess what? Uh, his, uh, Solomon had his first case like one verse later. You ready for this? In, in one verse later, there was these two harlots that came to him. You know the story, right? And uh, they had babies. They both had babies. And one mother rolled over on the child and killed the child. That's terrible, isn't it? But you know what she did? She took her baby, the dead baby, and put it in with the live baby and took the live baby and put it in her bed. And when they woke up, they go, oh, that's my baby. And, and the other mother said, oh, no, that's not my baby that you gave me. So they took it to the king, right? His first case. Now, let me ask you. Some of you know the end of the story. But if you didn't know the end of the story, what would you do? How would you? It was a she said, she said situation. Who, who can tell who's telling the truth? Now, Here's, here's some solutions. Let's see if these would work. How about just, you know, draw straws? You know, just like, okay, let the Lord decide. We'll see. How, how about just flip a coin? Let's, okay, no, heads. No. How about this? Here's a good one. You take the baby for a month, and then after that, then the other mother take it for a month, and, and then when the baby grows up, we'll see who it looks like, and then we'll... No. Bad advice, isn't it? <laughs> so what did, what did Solomon do? DNA test, okay. You're ahead of your time, brother. <laughs> Wouldn't have that problem nowadays. But Solomon did. He said, give me a sword. And he said, what? Cut the baby in two. And everybody was aghast. Oh, cut the baby in two? What are you talking about? And uh, I was wondering how close did they get to actually, you know, attempting to kill the baby. Do you remember Abraham when he was going to sacrifice his son Isaac? He had his knife up like this, and the angel stopped him and said, don't, now I, don't kill your son now that I know you love me more than your son. So how close was that sword? And what were the people thinking? Like, cut the baby. Who's going to do that? You know? 
And, and so they, they didn't know what was going to happen. But then all of a sudden, what the real mother said, don't cut the baby in half. Give it to the other mother. And the other mother that lost her baby said, yeah, cut it in half. You know, that way we both have, don't, both don't have a baby. So Solomon said, I see, the wis- I see that you love the baby. You must be the real mother. Wisdom, right? From the Lord. That was, was, do you think that was Solomon's idea to get a sword? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. So um, let's see this here. In a slide where verse 28 is that, And all of Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him, not in his brain. The wisdom of God was in him. Him. People need to know that you have the wisdom of God on the inside. When you speak and you say things, you're hearing from the Lord. You know, my son, he has wisdom, and he sees into the future, and he sees things that are going to happen, and he mentions it to people, sometimes at his work, and they don't listen, and they just keep on going, and he gets frustrated. I go, son, relax. Your wisdom will come to pass. Just wait and see. And so there's a couple of cases that came down the pike this last year, and he was like saying, okay, now they're going to see. I was right all the time. Amen? You don't have to force your issue. Your wisdom will come to fruition. Amen? So be, be, be careful with that. Don't try to what, put a square peg in a round hole. Relax. God will, will show that God will vindicate you. So then here we have the Queen of Sheba. She travels 1,200 miles because she wanted to hear about the wisdom of Solomon. That's a long way to come, just to hear somebody talk, right? So uh, in 1 Kings 10, it says, Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him and give him hard questions, political questions, diplomatic questions. She wanted to see how how he would handle situations. So she came to Jerusalem with a great fortune. And Solomon spoke to her about all that was in her heart, and he answered all of her questions. Hallelujah. He was good. There was nothing too difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. And look look at the slide number four. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food that was on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no spirit left in her. Hallelujah. What, he just took my breath away. That's what Marianne said when I first met her. I took her breath away. Amen. Manly physique, coarse complexion, dark wavy hair, congenial personality, brown piercing (laughs) eyes. What more could she want? Amen? (laughs) So let's, okay, I like this. The house that he built, the food on his table. I looked up, and it's in the Bible, what was his daily food proportions? Let's let's look at this. 195 bushels of flour, 390 bushels of meal, 10 oxen, 20 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep, throw in some deer uh, gazelles, some plump fowl, and some rubach. It it really covered and fed 15,000 to 20,000 people. This guy was rich. What do we say? Filthy rich. 
And Queen of Sheba was so impressed, she gave him gold, not just a little bit. The Bible says four tons of gold. Wow. She impressed him, right? And uh, so in verse uh, 6, I don't think this is up there, but it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes, and indeed half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame to which I have heard. So my question is, look at your life. Do you see wisdom all around you? Do you see prosperity? Do you see things happening good in your life, your children, your job, your happiness, your joy? Do they see wisdom? Are they glad to be in your presence? Do they hear words of wisdom come out of your mouth? Do they like to talk to you? If not, we need to hear more from God. We need to be more in tune with him. Praise the Lord. Now, in 1 Kings 10.24, it says, And all the earth sought, to, to, sought Sol- Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put where? In his heart. Not his mind, not his brain. In his heart. We all got hearts, right? All we have to do is open our heart to receive what God has for us with his wisdom. Amen? Now, let's take it another little step further. When God instructed Moses to build a tabernacle for him, the Bible says in Exodus 31, verses 2 and 3, let's look at it. See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. What are you talking about? Talking about, he said, I'm going to give you give you people that I have spoke to to give them wisdom and how to handcraft and do workmanship for my temple, for my tabernacle, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. Wow. Wisdom to do things. You know, we have a friend, uh, he, he has a way of decorating houses, and so uh, people that had high-end houses, you know, multi-million dollar houses, and there was no furniture there, they paid him to come in and just, you know, dot the rooms with furniture just to make, give them their imagination to see how their house would look. They paid him hundreds of, dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that. And he would just put a little bit of furniture. He had a gift of being able to uh, make something out of nothing, make, give you an imagination, Right? So we see that there's the Spirit of God to actually uh, work for him. Now, if you look around, we have stained glass windows, and we have visitors. Are they, do they look real, these stained glass windows, or two visitors? Yeah, they look real. Amen. Well, that was just put up a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and it's not really real. And Ruth had done a wonderful job of making this look like a castle a couple of weeks ago, and that's her gifting. The wisdom of God is working through her. Plus, we also have, amen, give her a hand. Her husband is here. He's helped. And then we've got Bindi with arts and crafts, with, with VBS. Let's look what she made. She made ca- castle goblets. Isn't that nice? They look real, right? We have a stained glass windows that the kids made. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Beautifully decorated prayer boxes. Well, how, 
I, I couldn't do that. I'd be like, <laughs> but she thinks about it. She has understanding. She has wisdom. She said, I didn't think I had wisdom in doing this. Well, the Bible says that all of heaven was created by God with wisdom. Amen. So we have, and you have wisdom in whatever you do. Whatever your, the Lord puts your hands to, ask him to give you wisdom to see how to do it. I have, we had a friend that uh, we bought, a, our other church, we bought a computer, and uh, he was supposed to set it up for us, and he couldn't do it, and he was doing it for like five or six hours, and finally the pastor came in and said, what's the problem? He said, I can't figure this out. He said, go, just go aside and pray and let the Lord show you how you're supposed to do this. Sure enough, right? He came back, boom, 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 no problem. The Lord will give you wisdom and understanding in all that you do. We have another friend um, that he, uh, he got a job being a butcher in a meat market, and he didn't know how to do it. <laughs> and so he just prayed to God, God, show me how to cut this meat and how to do it the right way. And God showed him. So whatever you're going through, ask God, how do I do this? How many times a day do I have to stop and say, okay, what's the best way of doing this, Lord? And he will show you, and he's happy to show you. And he's glad to show you. Praise the Lord. So um, there's some categories here. Uh, let's break it down. Now, looking at Solomon's life and how he got wisdom, let's look at that slide, the four steps that he did. First, he, the Bible says what? He loved the Lord. You got to start there. You got to love the Lord. Amen? The Lord loves you. He wants you to love him. You know, uh, my wife, she has wisdom in all that she does. She's very organized, and she can do things. When we first got married, you know, she would do these programs, and I would, she had all these intricate things that we had to do, and I'm going like, I don't think we need all that. Do we need all that to do all that? Yes, you'll see at the end. And so <laughs> I was doing all these things that didn't make sense to me, but at the end, voila, it came to pass. I go, oh, I, now I get it. Amen. But... I had to love her because I wanted to, you know, please her. I didn't want to start an argument, another argument, no, praise God. <laughs> okay. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might. Then sacrifice to him. What did Solomon do? He gave a thousand burnt offerings. Praise the Lord. That was his showing that he loved him. Also, now inquire the Lord, hear his voice. You've got to hear his voice. We might talk about that later on, but hearing his voice is so key to living this life, and it's very easy to do. Really, it is, because, you know, the, the Bible was written by people that heard the voice of the Lord. They sat down. The Bible says that the Lord breathed upon them, spoke to them, gave them the spirit to write down. We can do the same thing, too. We get quiet. We praise the Lord. We sit down. We relax and let the Lord guide our pen as we speak you know, things that he wants to say to us. Then you look at it and you go like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Wonderful. That's beautiful. Praise the Lord. So we can hear his voice. You know, we knew a friend that was a doctor, and uh, he, well, I didn't know him, but written about him, that he saw how to do anesthesia by being in church. Not that he fell asleep in church, but he... <laughs> when they were talking about Adam and Eve, and... The Bible says that Adam went into a deep sleep, and they pulled out the rib, and the Lord was showing him, you can do this by slowing down all the heart rate and everything, and you can, you can actually operate. And that's how anesthesia came. In church, he learned it. Praise God. So you want to hear his voice, and then show by your speech and your actions. 
Glory to God. <laughs> Have you ever listened to your, your speech? It's kind of terrible, actually, really, when you think about it. You know? And you have people around you going like, why do you say that? You know? <laughs> why are you so negative? <laughs> I'm not negative. I'm just telling the truth. No, you're negative, okay? <laughs> so you, you have to show by your speech and your actions. And the Bible says, if you don't know what to say, be quiet, and people will think you're wise. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, let me see. I have a scripture here. Uh, I don't know if, it's, if I gave it to, uh, yeah, uh, Proverbs uh, sixteen twenty three. Anthony, if you can fish that up. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth. In other words, your mouth is not just like runaway. <laughs> it's like, I just came up. I just had to say it. No, you didn't. You know, even just this week, you know, something came up in my mind. I go like, in my heart, I go, no, I can't say that. You have control over your mouth. Amen. You can shut it off. Praise the Lord. So he, and in another place it says, the wise in heart studies how to answer. Is this going to be a good thing I say, or is this going to be a bad thing I say? Is it going to produce life and encouragement, or is it going to bring people down? So your speech will dictate if you have wisdom or not. Praise the Lord. And then your actions, of course, will, you know, show people. Now, how does this compare with Jesus, this little outline? Love God, right? Sacrifice to Him, hear His voice, and show by your speech and actions. So let's look at John 14, 31. Do you think Jesus loved the Father? I would say so, wouldn't he? He said, but, the world, but that the world may know that I love the Father. Love, love, not, not just in love, but I am in love with him. I am madly in love with the Father. And as the Father gave me commandments, so I do. So what did he do? There's two in one. He loved him and he obeyed. He sacrificed. He did the greatest sacrifice of all, coming down from heaven to earth for us, and then went on the cross to bear that cru cruel and unusual punishment on the cross. And the more you read about it, the more you just get hearts, heart uh, stricken to know what he had done, what he had did, what he had done for us. Okay, so he loved him. He loved the Father. He offered himself up as a sacrifice. And then, did he hear the Did he hear the Lord? Of course he did. John five thirty says, "I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of my Father who is in heaven." So. We have to know that our speech has to be guided by the Lord so that we can speak good things to people. Now, let's look at this here in, in, um, in uh, demonstration. Verse 17 says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the last slide, Now the fruit of the Spirit is sown in peace, by those who make peace. What is that? That's a mouthful, but what does it say? Your heart has to be pure and peaceable. Amen. Amen? Don't rile people up. Don't get them upset. Don't jam them up. You know, don't insult them. Don't even tease them, okay? Which I had to learn because when I got married, my wife, she didn't like teasing, so I had to stop that, and that was like 80% of my personality, so... <laughs> 
I had to come up because she had three brothers that teased her all the time. And so here I am walking into that, and so I'm, you know, it's not going to work. So peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now, this word willing to yield, that means that you are easily to receive something or easy for someone to receive what you have. And it's best illustrated in a relay race. How many of you have ever been in a relay race? Oh, we got some people in a relay race. Okay. How many of you ever dropped a baton in a relay race? No. The USA uh, runners do sometimes. But okay, let's, let's, we're going to demonstrate that with Brother James. He's going to come. This is his audition. <laughs> Here you go, James. All right. Praise the Lord. Now, have you ever been in a relay race, James? Uh, not officially. Not officially. Okay. This is official right here. <laughs> okay. So, I need to approach James on a situation. He actually, there was a complaint last week. You know, we were having hot dogs and you ate somebody's hot dog. <laughs> You know, it was just sitting there, and you came and you ate it, and Gladys came, and she said, why are you eating my hot dog? And you didn't say anything. You just looked at her. Well, that was a big misunderstanding. Yeah, well, well hold, hold that, you know. <laughs> We're going to explain to these people how I'm not supposed to do that. See, I'm not supposed to say it that way. Because that would be like a baton guy in a relay race coming and going like this. Is that the way you do a relay race? No. No. What do you do? You let him go a little bit, and then you follow him, and then you gently, easily, peaceably give him the baton, right? Let's see. Let's see how that goes. Okay, ready? All right, here we go. Go. Oh, how's it? Isn't that easy? Is that your first time catching a baton? Yeah, yeah. Was, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Leanne said you couldn't do that, you know. <laughs> so, so the way, if I jammed him up and said, you know, James, why, what's wrong with you? I thought you were a good Christian man. You know Gladys is elderly. She can't get around that good. And you took her, her plate. What, what's up with that? You know, that would be jamming him up. That would be like, right? But the way you're supposed to do it, is come gently and say, you know, we had a good time last week, didn't we, James? Yeah, we had a great time. I, I mean, uh, I had my wife, Leanne, set me up some food, and she's, I had her put it where we were sitting, and I came back, and I just started chowing down. I was so hungry. And all of a sudden, Gladys came back and saw me eating the food, and she said it was her food, and I had a mouthful of food, so I couldn't explain myself, and she stormed off. Oh, well, that's understandable now, right? See, I didn't put my foot in my mouth. I didn't accuse him. I, I, I talked around it and said, like, James, what about the thing last week? And then he explained it to me. So I'm off the hook. You're off the hook. But Leanne is a, in, you know, at fault because she didn't tell you about the hot dog, right? <laughs> she cannot defend herself because she's off camera. But anyway, <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you no for problem. your first time here. Hopefully I can... Hopefully, I'll be able to apologize to her. Yes, please. Yeah. You take, and apologize for me, too, okay, please. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. So I'm going to leave you with this, okay? <laughs> do, do you see how that can work better in your life? 
You know, instead of just jamming somebody up and taking their accusation, that happens all the time in counseling. You know, the wife will come in and tell me how bad the husband is. And then when the husband comes in, I'm going to go like, man, you are no good. <laughs> and then he tells me the story, and I go, oh, it's the wife that was no good. I understand we got two problems here. So you have to listen to both sides of the story. You be the mediator, and you be the one that brings wisdom, right? Now, the Bible says Jesus increased in wisdom. So maybe you might have wisdom, but, you know, you can increase. You can get smarter. You can get better at this. And how do you do that? Well, here's a confession that I have made many years ago. And I still keep making it. And my son said, he used to say this uh, confession, and it helped him get through college when he had situations that he couldn't understand. Is it up there to the spirit of truth? Spirit of the Lord abides in me. So he said, I would say this, Dad, and, and things would just work out because I, the Lord gave me wisdom. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> we found that out in Bible study that he uh, he actually was saying this. So let's, this is how it goes. The Spirit of the Lord abides in me and teaches me all things and guides me unto all truth. Therefore, I confess that I have perfect knowledge of every situation and every circumstance that I come up against, for I have the wisdom of God, and he shows me things to come. You keep saying that over and over, and God will fulfill his word. He, he will fulfill his promise to you, and you will have the wisdom of God. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise because he is a good God. So, Father, we thank you that as we come together, we are going to have more wisdom than we've had before we came in here because we're going to confess and believe that you are going to speak through us because our heart is towards you. We love you. We sacrifice ourselves to you. We hear your voice, and our speech and our actions be, are, are typify what you have put in our heart. So, Father, we just thank you that the people here will put this to practice and they'll see good results, and we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you. Just, let's just rest in the Lord here a minute, and maybe you have situations in your families, at your work, wherever you are, to not confront people so much, but be gentle, peaceable, willing to yield, give them sound wisdom in all that you do. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What a wonderful God we serve.